Welcome to episode 48 of Coffee Pods and Wads, sponsored by Born Primitive UK and Rain Body Fuel. You can use the code COFFEEPODS10 for money off your basket on bornprimitive.co.uk. Um, thank you for listening and for your continued support of the podcast. It was great getting so many messages about last week's episode. Um, you can go back and listen to that if you haven't heard it yet. It's about all the gyms reopening here in Ireland. Uh, please continue to like and share everything that you can on at Pods and Wads on Instagram. Um, the more it gets shared, the more people might hear it, and the more people might hear it, they might want to get involved. Uh, you can become a patron of the show at patreon.com forward slash coffee pods and wads, or there's a link in the bio on Instagram as well. Um, the train series continues on Friday with an episode focused on nutrition with Nick Shaw, the founder and CEO of RP Strength. Uh, today's guest is Can Porter. Uh, Can is, well, he's a beautiful man. Um, he's also incredibly considered and candid in everything that he says and shares a lot about his anxiety and mental health issues and how it affects his daily life. And he also relives the ball-slapping good time that he and Adam Davidson had in China. Enjoy, listen, share, and tag. Uh, Can, thanks a million for doing this. Um, so we'll start off nice and easy. So you're Australian, so I'm assuming coffee either makes up a large portion of your daily routine or else you're so spoiled by how good you have it that you don't realize that you have it that good. Oh, no, look, I'm aware of how, how good I have it. I mean, one of my great joys in, in life is to travel. And so I've sampled coffee all over the world. And there is nothing like getting off the plane, walking into Sydney Airport. There's, I mean, take your pick of the cafes when you get there. But if I feel really, really adventurous, going to that cafe. And oh yeah, one of my great joys is to get that, like a strong Aussie coffee and an Aussie big breakfast as soon as I fly back in. And yeah, we, I know we're spoiled for choice. It makes up a huge, huge part of my day. Yeah. I even, I had Phil Heskett on that. I was chatting to him last week and he was mm. like supermarkets over there, like piss all over cafes in England. And you know, like he was like, it's just ridiculous how good it is in Australia. Oh mate, we've got great food. We really do. Actually, to be honest though, last time I was in London, um, I've, I've been quite impressed with the food over there. They seem to have a lot of healthy options in sort of like fast ish food joints. Yeah. I feel like we have, a really great sort of cafe sit down eat culture, but we don't quite have that like takeaway culture just yet where we have really good takeaway options. Mm. Um, you know, we do great sandwiches and stuff and obviously great coffee, but yeah, we have really good sort of like sit down breakfast brunchy kind of places to go and grab food. We, we do. We're very spoiled for choice. <laughs> Is there any then uh, like particular coffee fueled memories that stand out? So like some guests have picked out like, you know, maybe someone they were with or somewhere they were or something that happened surrounded by coffee as opposed to the actual coffee itself? So, I mean, like I just, for me, the ritual of coffee, I don't know if I could pick a specific one immediately mm. off the top of my head. I can probably pick some like funny instances where I've had a coffee and then like needed to go to the toilet at an inopportune in moment <laughs> or something like that. Um, but no, man, I, like the, the ritual of coffee for me is, is much about the sort of taste of it. You know, I like to have these like weird little, all my, well, I have plenty of little OCD things. Thus is the nature of having anxiety disorders such as mine. But um, one of them is that like my first cup of coffee, it has to be kind of, I have to be like, it has to, it in of itself has to be an activity. 
Mm. Very seldom do I like to have my first cup of coffee, like just kind of jam it down to get it down and go about my merry way. There has to be some sort of like, all right, I'm going to enjoy this while I'm listening to a podcast in the car or I'm going to, I'm going to sit down at a cafe and just like sit in the sun and or like, you know, do some creative writing or something along those lines. It's got to have a little ritual around it for me. But in terms of a specific coffee instance, that's really memorable. Um, I don't know. I remember I always used to love flying into New York. One of my dear friends uh, and like my old coach, Justin Kotler's based there. I'm sure. Mm. Um, I don't know whether you've heard of Justin, but like a uh, legend of a guy. And we used to always go to this really good coffee shop in New York city. Sort of as soon as I'd arrive, whether it was four in the afternoon, six at night, whatever it was. And so, yeah, like I lo- like that, that kind of, it was a cool little ritual that we used to have there. But again, all the flying back into Sydney from being overseas and the first thing I do kind of going and getting that coffee and an Aussie big breakfast. Yeah. You, um, you dipped your toe in podcasting at the start of lockdown. Was it a case of like other things getting in the way there when stuff, when the ball started rolling then of like, you know, lockdown kind of releasing a little bit that you were kind of like, Oh, actually this is just too much. Or it was a case that you think you'll keep, keep up. Maybe it was a case of I'm a chronic overcommitter. <laughs> I get an idea and I'm kind of, uh, oh my God, yeah, like I'm an all or nothing. I'll either overthink it to the point where I'll never do it yeah. or I'll just dive headlong into it and be like, what the fuck was I thinking? Like, this is just so stressful trying to keep this up. And I really enjoyed it. I, like I, in another life, actually studied journalism and was mm. working as a journal or a writer before I started doing, or what, when I started doing CrossFit. So mm. I actually, actually went to one of the, well, the top performing art school in Australia uh, got into their TV and radio presenting course and mm. did that as well on top of my studies. So like I have an interest in that and perhaps one day I'll get back into that sort of a thing. But just for the time being, it was just another thing. It was, like, it was another thing that was taking time and effort that wasn't necessarily like I, that wasn't giving much back other than I was just, it was amusing for my own sort of self-interest in, in talking to people and getting to know them. Um, yeah. So yeah, I unfortunately think I, I, can't do everything. I've seen like loads of different people like start up podcast during lockdown and it's like it's so hard for me not to just be like oh for fuck's sake not another one like so to be like yeah more competition like and then when they start dropping off you're like yeah that one's gone like that yeah <laughs> thought you could hang with the big boys huh <laughs> little podcasting podcasting fish come on oh yeah de- nah, def- oh, I hear you, I'm, I'm definitely one of the smaller fish don't worry um i saw you share uh talking elite the other day saying that like they've been great for you know, keeping you up to date and stuff like that. Um, what other podcasts do you listen to? Mate, do you know what? I, uh, other, up until kind of like there was, I think a few of their episodes, I have never really listened to or watched any kind of CrossFit media, podcasting, mm. all that sort of stuff. I think because I live and breathe it, I'm yeah. surrounded by it. Uh, you know, even like on Instagram and stuff like that, I try to balance the number of people that I follow in CrossFit with other things as well. Um, purely because, yeah, I, just, I, I need a break from it. I need a deload from it. I've got so many friends of mine that are just diehard fans. Shout out Shay O'Sullivan because I'm sure he'll listen to this. Uh, was he 23rd fittest man in Ireland this year? What an absolute star. Um, I think, I don't know if he was 23rd. He, he was there for a while. But anyway, yeah, he, like I've got my friends. If there's any kind of thing going on or something that's worth sort of watching or listening to, I'm, I'll undoubtedly hear it from them. So most of the podcasts I listen to are 
like in that kind of like mental health or philosophy or mindset, all that kind of world. Um, I love Sam Harris's podcast. Listen to that fairly regularly. Uh, Jordan Peterson's podcast. I really like as well. I know he's a fairly polarizing figure, but yeah, I, I just, he, yeah, he is. And there's a lot of stuff that I don't agree with, but I just, someone that has such a, manic mind myself i like on a on a much 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 smaller and dumber scale i see mm. a lot of the way that he thinks i'm like man he just that that frantic kind of pace of thought that he has i always find really fascinating and sort of relate to and then obviously like you, you joe rogan every now and again mm. um like I would say I search more by topic and then just pick from there than necessarily religiously listening to one person's podcast. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. You should listen to, um, blind boy podcast. If you're, well, if you're all right, blind boy, he's in blind boy. He's in like the rubber band. That's too hard to explain, but he, he does loads of, uh, kind of psychology ones, but it's like, yeah, it's a little, it's, it's almost too like he kind of explains it in layman's terms, but it's not, it's not like fully. Yeah. Layman, you know what I mean? He kind of brings you up a level, like. But I'd say you'd be able to engage with it better. Like I really got good stuff out of it, but I'd say you'd probably be able to engage with it better than I would anyway because you kind of got a background. Oh, I'll have to look it up. Like the, I mean, the other one I listen to is like the psychology podcast, which is um Barry Scott Barry Kaufman. Um, obviously, and I'm just having a look through what my kind of feed has here to sort of refresh my memory. Um, but actually, do you know who I love listening to as well? Is Russell Brand. I yeah, yeah. just have always really, really enjoyed him, really resonated with a lot of his own life experiences and thoughts mm. on certain bits and pieces. And uh, like, I think I actually went through a really poignant period in my life and reading his book recovery was uh, a huge source of help and reassurance for myself during that period that, you know, I've always really gravitated towards what he has to say and really enjoy listening to the way, the way he speaks so candidly about such complex topics and such kind of like taboo topics that a lot of particularly men wouldn't necessarily want to engage with. And Mm. it's something that I try to do myself. So I've always really enjoyed listening to him do it. I actually saw him live in Sydney recently as well. Oh, by I say recently before COVID Mm. uh, shut us all down, but yeah. Uh, and, and that was fantastic too. I always, he's like one of those word a day calendars as well. Because anytime you listen to him talk, you're like, I've never heard that word before. I better look that up. Oh, yeah. I mean, sometimes his language is just way too yeah. over the top and flamboyant. <laughs> like, But I think, you know, other than that, I, yeah, I love his stuff. Yeah. How do you find being interviewed then? Because like I've seen you in magazines and like you've done stuff with say True Protein and on other podcasts and stuff. Is it like, do you find it odd or are you comfortable being asked your stance or beliefs or opinions and stuff like that? Um, I've always, as I said, like I had come from a background with, a, or I've got a, a background in journalism and TV radio presenting. So it's something that I've always been really comfortable with. I remember the first year that I made the games and we had to do the media thing and I kind of went in and I think it was Sean Woodland that was doing it or Pat Sherwood. I can't remember which one. Like, all right, you know, can you say this? And you're going to have to say it like that. And I said it and they were just like, whoa, okay. Like, have you done this before? I was like, I've done a little bit of stuff like that in the past. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I come from a family. Both my parents were um, theater actors while I was growing up. They don't do that anymore, but they were doing that while I was quite young. So we were really encouraged with 
like always encouraged to be to 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 be able to speak in front of people and to be confident yeah. like that which is funny because i have like crippling social and generalized anxiety disorder <laughs> but when it comes to i feel like like being interviewed it's like a situation it's a contrived situation where it's like okay you're expected to talk it doesn't matter if you just verbal diarrhea um for the next hour in fact people will actually appreciate that um, versus necessarily trying to engage in a conversation, which I can find difficult at the best of times. So it's quite an interesting dichotomy between the two. But yeah, I've always been super comfortable with interviews, uh, small talk with strangers. God help me, I'd rather crawl into a hole and disappear. Is it the same then with coaching and stuff? Like, is it is it like a kind of version of yourself that you're like, how do you balance? Because obviously there'd be strangers yeah. coming into the gym or people that you don't know that well would be you know at the start so how do you balance yes so i think like the same thing it's a contrived environment Mm. where i'm like cool and i mean it's the same as with social media you would look at my social media and be like oh this guy's oozes confidence quite happy expressing himself and all that sort of stuff but it's it's yeah it's it's a contrived environment and i'm able to particularly with social media i'm able to 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 like write and sort of edit what I'm saying and make sure that I'm articulating exactly what I want to say. It's more of a broadcast channel than it necessarily is a communication channel. And I actually think that's one of the flaws with social media. And I think it's something that isn't necessarily uh, a positive all the time, that broadcast nature of it, but it certainly helps with uh, my ability to articulate what I'm trying to say and feel comfortable with that. Um, And I think it's the same, I guess, with coaching as well. Like, yeah, you have those conversations with people. I don't actually do a lot of coaching. I've only just started doing a little bit more uh, recently just because I really enjoy it. But I've been enjoying it recently. But yeah, I haven't sort of really coached regularly probably for the last four years. Mm. So I've kind of just been able to, yeah, ferret myself away in a dark (laughs) corner of the gym during the day and talk to my dog in the meantime because like i'd be kind of similar i think like i definitely don't have like social anxiety or anything but i i like i would get a little bit anxious sometimes like say like i've been kind of blessed with lockdown and stuff i haven't met many people that would listen you know like strangers to me like relative strangers that would listen to the podcast Mm. and stuff but like my wife would constantly be saying to me like you know now don't be don't be you like when you know don't be your <laughs> comes over like you know make that's an effort. what you want to hear because <laughs> like i'd be really like say like uh like i'm i'm saying that if there's something coming up now where i know there would be likely to be people that listen to the podcast there in my head mm. i'd be thinking oh, don't come over and start talking to me about the podcast because like i can't handle mm. like i can't handle i don't like getting compliments and stuff and then i can't handle like yep you know having a conversation about something that you know like one of my friends yesterday was like he works for the social media kind of branch of a company. And he was like, well, how do you find selling yourself? And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, you know, I've been told I need to sell myself a bit more, like my personal side a bit more on the social media stuff at work and that. And I was like, oh, I don't like, Mm. I just sell, I just like, I, as much, apart from my stories, I keep myself out of the podcast as much as possible. Like, and then. But that's a good interviewer. Yeah. But then I suppose like, I don't know. Some sometimes then, like say, when I bring up stories like this, then I might get people might message me saying, "Oh, I'm the exact," you know. Like I think that it kind of yeah, you know. Well, I think podcasting is an interesting medium because people get a listener, you know. Exactly, people get attached to the podcaster as much as the people that you know 
quite quite often people will follow the podcaster versus the person that they're hosting on that. So yeah, I guess you've got to. It's a new form of media where that it is a different style of interview, I guess. Yeah. But I think I'm this like I'm the same. I'm so comfortable. If someone says speak, I'll speak and I'll yeah. talk nonstop underwater with a mouthful of marbles. <laughs> but I guess like the way that I am is like I'm one extreme. It, it, the same as when I'm like I either overthink something or I like don't think at all and just rush into it and there's kind of no in between and it's the same with me i'm like cool i'll just overshare and tell you everything there is to know about me and then i'll leave the room and just want to cry because i'll be like oh my fucking god what is this like this person probably thinks this about you now why did you tell them that why did you say this they're gonna hate you they think you're an idiot now everyone thinks you're an idiot that's sweet. Yeah. You're not going to sleep for the next uh, next week. <laughs> so yeah. it's kind of that. It's that lovely. There's, there's, there's no in between. You're like, you know what? You nailed that conversation. Kind of. yeah, that person's yeah. going to think you're a normal, normal, <laughs> lovely human being. But it's funny though as well, because like you say about like, you know, these contrived environments and stuff, it's nearly like a gear you can switch into like where I'm kind of like, I've, I've had loads of people say like, God, how do you talk to like famous people or people like, you know, like, famous athletes and stuff as if they're just normal people and it's like I literally have no idea like because I can't hold a conversation with you like this person that's asked me the question I'm barely (laughs) able to converse with you but I can talk to you know whoever no problem it's I think it is this that like it's a lot easier when there's a microphone between you and it's like over here for a specific reason whereas if I just dropped in to have a conversation with you I'd be a weirdo yep yep mate you are speaking my language (laughs) I think um I think like one thing I wanted to say though was like that I think something that can be taken for granted or maybe underappreciated is like your candor on social media. So I know you're saying like it's contrived or it's a bit broadcast or whatever and you can write and rewrite and edit and stuff. But I think your ability to share in the first place, like stemming back to talking about your anxiety and struggles and like, I mean, at its core, I suppose, your dislike of competing in the past and like how you sorted through it. And, you know, you've done numerous posts on, I suppose, the issues at the beginning that you were facing and then afterwards and how you came through them and how like failure was a big part of that and stuff. I mean, Mm. I think I shared a post last week where I spoke about myself for basically the first time and I was shitting a brick after I hit Mm. post. So like, how is it for you when you share something that you know will get a reaction or that you know is like, you know, like shows you in a vulnerable light or shows like your low lights? Um, like I, yeah, when I, when I say that it's contrived, that's probably the wrong way. It's controlled, but mm. I also really do, uh, like I really appreciate when people speak about that because it's something that I do really make an effort to do. And that's to be extremely candid and open about every kind of facet. And I think that, that, that it works in two ways. When I saw, when I spoke before about, say like reading Russell Brand's book and being able to relate to someone about certain things that for the most part of my life have felt foreign, have felt, you know, like I, like I, for as long as I can remember, I've had uh, mental health issues and Mm. that they're rife within my family. I think out of, you know, the five immediate members of my family, three of us, myself included, have been on medication, have to regularly get therapy. And one of my family members was even recently uh, hospitalized for mental mm. health stuff. So it's certainly something that is quite um, common within my family. And um, But it's something that none of us really knew about until I was kind of the first one to really... I mean, like I had some quite obvious issues through my late, late teens, early 20s that my parents were aware of, but we know it was... 
it was almost like we all accepted them and then they weren't really spoken about. And it was only really where I got to quite a dark place that it became something that became quite openly spoken about within the family. And I guess for me, the first reason that I do like to speak about it so candidly is because I really, really like I have a platform and I've used that platform for really shitty purposes, just like basically, you know, self-promotion to try and get that validation from people that I don't know and Mm. to make myself feel better. Maybe when I wasn't feeling great, but the most, but I mean, like I was always aware that underneath I was still aware that I was doing that. And I just grew to hate the space so much and grew to hate the person that I was on that space. So switching to that kind of more authentic uh, version of myself through social media, it allows me to engage with it in a more productive and a more positive way. And it allows me to, I mean, I guess like when I do do that, yeah, okay. Like sometimes I get a little bit of negativity and, you know, I get people that maybe don't understand mental health. Like I get it. You know, people will say, you know, oh, this guy's like, what the hell have you even got to be upset about? Like, what have you got to kind of like, you know, are you whinging about things? And I guess that's where the candor comes in because for me, I'd never want my speaking about mental health to come across or to be interpreted as me saying that I'm somehow disadvantaged Mm. compared to other people or I've somehow uh, like that I have a bad life or anything like that. Everyone has their shit and mine is mental health. And I am so comfortable. I hate it, but I'm so comfortable with it. If that makes sense. Like it's not, to me, it's not a, it's not a thing that makes me fundamentally different to anyone else. That's just my shit and everyone has their shit. And if other people can relate to that, and see, oh, cool, like, here's this guy that obviously understands what I'm going through because he speaks about it so openly and so candidly. And either he makes, he has a joke about it or he kind of, you know, is able to just kind of cruise through it and, you know, talk about it, talk about how he's dealing with it, treat it no differently to working on my physical health. That's the kind of way that I like to frame it. Um, then hopefully then that will encourage other people to take that same kind of approach with their own. So yeah, like like I do make I, I make an effort to speak candidly, and I do it for those reasons. But um, it, it, yeah, it's not. I mean, yeah, I stress out about it. I guess. So to go back to your question in a really roundabout way, yeah, like when I post something that could potentially be polarizing or could potentially be like get backlash from for whatever reason, like yeah, like I get super anxious. I'm pretty much glued to my phone. Like uh, I'll post it. I, like I usually post in the morning because it's the time that pretty much everyone's awake, like America. Mm. And like, so I, you know, for example, yeah, I won't post something that's really he- like deep like that. I won't post it at night because I won't sleep afterwards. I'll be yeah. so nervous about what the response will be from people that it will keep me up. So yeah. I'll post it in the morning when I know that at least I've got the whole day to to engage with that post should i need to to respond to people that i feel i need to respond to to be able to process the kind of feedback that i get and yeah i'd be lying if i said that i was just like nah, just like i like i just speak out and i don't care what anyone thinks about me because this is the polar opposite of what anxiety entails I, I i care very deeply about what people think um too much so and i have to work on managing that and that certainly goes into social media and how i engage with social media but you know, I'm getting better. I think. Do you like say, like, cause even I, if I say something on a podcast and then, okay, it hasn't happened recently because we haven't been going to the gym or anything. But like if in the past, if I said something on a podcast and then was going to the gym afterwards, like after that podcast came out, 
I'd be nervous walking into the gym thinking like, oh fuck, what if like someone listened to that and thought I was a prick or like thought mm. I was a mong for saying what I said or, <coughs> you know, if I used the wrong word or if I made myself look like a fucking idiot or something, what if that person heard it or, or their opinion of me changed or something? Like as someone mm. who's so much so in the public light, I guess, like it's one thing for like, I don't know, some guy from Arizona to comment on your post calling you a pussy or whatever, like, but yeah. if, <laughs> if people that you're They're coaching... They're always from Arizona. <laughs> if the people that you're coaching and stuff, like that's, I think if it was me, like that's the thing that I'd be nervous about is like the people that I know that maybe weren't aware or obviously they're, you know, maybe not that close to you if they weren't fully aware i suppose like your closer mm. circle would be very aware and you know it wouldn't come as a surprise yeah it. like you know commend your bravery for sharing it or whatever but it won't be news to them but then there's people that nah. are just outside that immediate circle might be like fuck i had no idea like they're the people yeah i mean and I like do. i and i understand that and i see that day to day i like mm. I, I like i've had conversations like you know my gym crossfit play lives up to its name we have all these big social functions where everyone goes out and parties gets on the piss and i'm um, like we'll have like someone like a member that maybe like like i'm friendly enough with but you know i don't really know that well mm. and they'll come up and they'll like like ask some like really it's never in a like never in a malicious way but they'll yeah. ask kind of like a weird question about like oh you know like with you know oh do you when you get anxiety does it make you do this when you're competing and like oh you know like like they'll ask just like weird questions that are kind of like not like, they're not rude in any in any mm. way shape or form but they're definitely not like they show a complete it shows a complete lack of understanding of anxiety mm. disorders say for example or like an interpretation of the things that I say that aren't necessary, that isn't how I necessarily intend for it to be. Or like I've seen people say comment on a post, they'll tag a friend and then they'll make like a comment about it. And these are people that I kind of see at competitions or around the kind of scene or just know from like the local CrossFit scene and all that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. And I'll kind of be like, okay, like this person's misinterpreted this, but like, what can I do? I get like, yeah. And it's not, yeah, it certainly is things that I think about. It's something that, does play on my mind and i that's where i guess when i talk about it being a contrived and controlled environment i I take my time wording when i do post things that are kind of a little bit more vulnerable or deep to really make sure that i'm doing the best that i can to articulate exactly what i'm meaning so it can't be misconstrued so it can't be kind of taken as like oh this guy's just whinging or like, oh, you know, they're sort of talking about that. Like I, like I do, I put time and effort into that. And I, I think that, you know, I hope that I'm good at that. I, I have certainly spent enough time writing things over the course of my life that I, I would like to think that my sort of written communication skills are pretty good. Yeah. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, you are always going to get people that, you know, whose opinions will change of you. But I mean, that's life, isn't it? And yeah you know, it, yeah, I'd be lying if I said that it wasn't something that crosses my mind and that I do think about from time to time and I do stress about in various ways, but I just accept that there are things that I will stress about and that will make me feel uncomfortable that I will bring upon myself. And it is then up to me to manage those and to manage those feelings. It's just a part of my life. Feeling mm-hmm. uncomfortable in my own, you know, like feeling mentally uncomfortable is something I'm so comfortable with and I'm so used to that it's just like, it's second nature to me. Like I wake up and I'm, I'm stressed from the time I wake up. I wake up and I'm like my base 
level of anxiety. You can hear it when I'm being interviewed in like how I speak, like my base level of anxiety is already high. That's like, I'm used to that. And I have better days than others. And I have really, really fucking bad days, but it's something that I'm so used to that I don't let it like it's, I accept it in the same way that I get nervous for a competition. And I used to let that make me just turn me into a shitty emotional wreck of a human and hate competing just like one day it was like you know what like i'm just gonna get nervous when i compete and that's a part of it and i'll feel crook in my guts while i take the when i go to take the competition floor but that feeling it's in my head and it can't actually affect my performance it doesn't make me any less prepared it doesn't make mm. me any less fit it doesn't make me any less strong the only way that it affects me is if i get caught up in it and that's the same way i guess with just focusing on those, those negative interactions. Yeah. Okay. They're going to happen. And I can, I will think about them. I will ruminate them. I'll catastrophize the outcomes of those negative interactions in my head from time to time. But I just accept that that's a part of how I, how I go about my day to day. Yeah. Catastrophizing is a great one, isn't it? That's fun. Oh <laughs> those, God. Those isn't <laughs> Mate, do you know what? So I've just been kind of, I've been doing a lot of writing in lockdown, really enjoying just writing about certain things that I think about. Yeah. And I, I was driving home yesterday <laughs> and, and I just stopped at the lights and then I like looked out my window and there was this guy just sitting on the side of the road. He was wearing like, he's like, he looked like he was a construction worker. So like mm. a big burly kind of blokey looking bloke. I kind of like looked at him. I was like looking at him for a second there. Like just like, just, oh, there's a person out my window. And he kind of like looked at me and just caught me staring at him. Like quickly looked forward. And then like where my brain went from that encounter to what this guy would be thinking. Like I turned the corner and in the space of that time, I'd had this guy thinks you're like a pervert or <laughs> like, or like all these crazy things. I just got home and I was like, I don't write that down. Cause that is just the most ridiculous thought process you've mm-hmm. had in quite some time, like catastrophizing, locking eyes with this complete stranger i'll never see again on the side of the road and i mean like that's (laughs) like that's that's that happens to me on a daily basis but it just made me laugh because i'm I'm bloody good at catastrophizing i'll tell you that right now yeah i think like your your instagram has something for everyone though because if you're interested in like you know vulnerability or talk you're like you know learning a bit or talking about mental health whatever you've got those posts and then usually above it, like you're a beautiful man. So there's usually a picture for the other people that to come and just be like, oh, he's handsome, isn't he? And then move past it. Like, not, like not engage the actual content. <laughs> well, look, you know, like uh, I think there was like a period where I did post a bunch of like sort of like deeper things. And then I just was like, fuck it. Here's a gratuitous shirtless selfie as well. Yeah. Just, so I, just so you know, I just still work today. out and I still post shirtless selfies. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I think like, uh, like you say though, you get better. Like, I think, you know, you either get better at masking it or you get better at like, you know, compartmentalizing it or dealing with it or stuff. Like even, I know I'm getting better now with if someone like at the start, if I saw someone wearing one of the podcast t-shirts, I'd be like, what the fuck? Like, why Mm. is that logo there on someone else? Or Mm. if someone came up to me and was like, Oh, such and such an episode was good. I'd be like, Oh, thanks. Yeah. Because I wouldn't know Mm. what to say. And then I think there's a thing as well of like, Oh, I don't want to disappoint them by talking to them. And then them realizing that maybe I'm not who they thought I was, or I'm a bit of a letdown Mm. or something. A bit of imposter syndrome type thing. Exactly. Yeah. Cause like, I'm just a fucking idiot with a microphone. Like I'm not, I haven't done anything like, you know, I've, I've not like 
educated myself really in how to do anything. I've not gone to fucking journalism college or whatever. Like I literally just was like, but oh, we're all just, like, we're all just idiots doing something. And sometimes yeah, people yeah, like yeah. those stupid things. Like I'm just an idiot that works out a little bit faster than a bunch <laughs> of other idiots that work out pretty fast as well. Like yeah. it's, but I'm the same as you, man. Like I, I, and that's how I look at it as well. Like people come up to me and I think the, when I first made the games in 2014, I remember, like, I remember it clear as day. Me and my dad went for coffee in the city, like I'd say the Monday or Tuesday after I made the games. And these dudes, they like rode their bikes past where we were having coffee and then kind of like rode back and like stopped the bikes. I could see them like looking at me and the idea that someone would recognize me in the Mm. street and come up to me and take a photo with me was so foreign. But I mean, like, like Sydney's a big place, but it's also not a big place. So Mm. Um, particularly like in and around the city and yeah like they came in and it was just like such a novelty for me and my dad as well like the two of us I think he was probably more like oh this is so cool than I was and (laughs) yeah like I like I'm the same like I feel so weird and like one thing that I like I don't know how to take compliments really well like I can't help I know it is such a fucking frustrating trait when you give someone a compliment and they try to like brush it off yeah, and yeah. I, I like, I'm like so you're, you're really good at CrossFit. It. Oh no, I don't know. I just know. Yeah. Or like <laughs> even particularly when people speak to me about speaking, let's say with about mental health or being really open in that, like for me, I see that as it's as therapeutic for me as it is for other people. And so when someone yeah. says that I'm always just like, Oh, like, I like don't like say things like it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And like, I'll, I'll dismiss it so quickly. And, and like, then I'll be frustrated. I'm like, maybe I like, is that that and i'm the same then i'll go and like is that the interaction that that person wanted or did did they want to kind of like dive deeper into it rather than me just being so quick to just kind of like shut it down but i mean that's i I suppose also though you don't want to find yourself yourself four hours deep into a lecture with the other person going like oh my god how do i get out of here all i wanted to say depends on how many beers i've had <laughs> at the back end of an after party at regionals, you get those conversations where you just sit down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I think as well though, like once I kind of came to a realization like a couple of months ago, where it's like, like I know that I'm just being myself on the podcast. So then, mm. like I'm not, a, I'm not a version of myself, or I'm not like you know, uh, changing. Like I'm not changing my voice. I'm not changing what I'd say. I'm not changing my thought process. I'm not like pretending to be anyone. So then I kind of came to a realization that like okay, well, if I'm talking to someone that enjoys a podcast, that's me mm. that they've enjoyed talking to other people. So I just have to be myself and it's fine. I think I'm lucky yep. that I didn't, at the start, I wasn't like, you know, hello. And I didn't, you know, I didn't like change <laughs> and then like have yeah. to keep up an act that would slip. Like, you know, I think that's, and obviously you're the same in yours then. It's not like, you know, if someone got talking to you and start and mental health came up, they wouldn't be like, whoa, where the fuck is this coming from? Like, you know, because you're yeah, like, I guess so. And know. I guess like, that's like, but I've, I've, I've done my best to steer myself back in that direction. And like you said, it probably is something to everyone, because as much as I'm interested in the deep conversations about mental health, psychology, meaning of life and all that jazz. Like I also just am like a big piss wreck that loves to go out, party, have some fun, travel the world, have a good laugh, like take the piss out of my mates, have take the piss out of myself as well. Mm. And like, that is me. Like what you see when you see my posts, when you see, when you listen to me in interviews, like now, anyway, that's me. And that, that wasn't always the case. I thought, Mm. I think when I started, I like, I was probably trying to be someone more for myself than anyone else. Like to try and, prove to myself that I was someone and you know like getting like 
you know, having anxiety, you're in your head your whole time. And I've always had kind of like such a negative sort of like self-esteem and, you know, like I've, I've done various bits and pieces throughout my life that have been pretty cool. But like when I, when I qualified for the CrossFit games, I completely did not expect it. And my successes within this sport, it's like one of those things that I can look at completely Ob- there's no subjectivity in it. It's like objectively I have achieved what I've achieved in this sport. And by like, I'm by no means up there with some of the absolute superstars that are out there. You know, like I've made the games a bunch of times, which is pretty cool. Um, hope to do well if I get over there this year, but you know, like, like I haven't necessarily done exceptionally at any of those games, but you know, I've been around the scene for a while and I've done it like, like I've worked hard and it's been rewarded. Like there's nothing about my performance. Like I can't, you know, like, I, I can't go and be like, oh, I can't minimize my success. Be like, Oh, you know, you just fluked it or, you know, you yeah, kind yeah. of fucking cut some corners here and there. It was like, no, like everything I've done as an athlete has been fucking legit. What you see is what you get and I've earned it. And that is kind of cool. Like it's cool mm. to have something in my life that I can look at and go, fuck yeah. And then like looking at that and the way that that makes me feel and the pride that, that makes me feel now turning into like, okay, can I apply that to just the way that I present myself? Mm in general that inspires me to try and be as authentic and open as i am oh, I like that. across all channels you um you you made it to regionals in your first full year of crossfit is that right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. finished up 10th which was pretty cool that's ridiculous i was actually looking though you've never you never finished outside the top 10 at regionals that is correct yeah and then Done. in the last six years you've never finished outside the top five in australia that's fucking solid like I've had a good, I've had a good go. <laughs> I've had a good go in the Pacific, man. I'll tell you what, I think like I'm still, and that's the thing that keeps coming back. I'd love to kind of like to carry that over and have like a performance at the games that I think I'm capable of. And I think that I was really on track to do that this year. I think having a year off from individual competition last year and going team, it allowed me to build what I needed to build as an athlete. And I was like, like I was flying at the end of last year and then I took a little break, came back at the start of this year and same again, like, like I was just in such a great routine, headspace, like structure to my training. Everything was good. Um, ready to go overseas and do a bunch of competitions like Germany and Egypt in March. And then yeah, COVID happened and you know, it's weird. Like, I mean, the last few weeks, I mean, the last sort of five, six weeks for me have been probably some of the most intense and challenging that I've faced personally. And oh no, not in, not the most intense and challenging, but they've been incredibly intense and challenging in different ways to, I guess, things that I've, I've had to deal with before. And, I mean, it's, it's funny, like all that got anxiety and there's a global pandemic and your business and career is in jeopardy. It's probably not a good mix, especially being stuck at home. Yeah, well, yes, exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> and especially when you're like stuck at home and everyone else is like, like you're isolated from people. And I mean, I spent a lot of my, most of my time on my own anyway, during the week. Like I really enjoy being on my own. I, it's actually downtime for me because I don't have to try and hold a conversation and all these things that normal people find really easy, but I find it be quite uh, draining for me. But um, it, it wasn't even just that. Like it's just been like, it's just been one thing after the other and it's just compounded and compounded. And it's crazy. Like all this stuff happened with CrossFit and everyone was just going mental with that. And then like, the outcome I think has been really, really good, but that's mm. been so far from the front of my thoughts, just with everything else I've had mm. going on at the moment. <laughs> it's 
it's kind of just been like, oh, cool. Like that's kind of just worked itself out now, hasn't it? Off, off, yeah. off we go. But then even with the games being pushed back, the likelihood of, I mean, like getting there and the cost that's going to be involved in getting there this year with flights. And mm. it looks like when we come back to Australia, we're going to have to quarantine for two weeks in a hotel. And I believe you have to pay for that um, mm. at your own expense. The hotels have jacked the prices up ridiculously to sort of be like, so don't fucking travel. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, like there's so many variables that are going to be going into even just getting over there for this year's games. Uh, with everything that's been going on, I've been like, you know, I'll train like four four days one week, and I'll train. I trained like three days last week, and like three days the week before that. And then like my endurance and my strength is fantastic, but then when I go into a CrossFit workout, it's fucking die. <laughs> I did one. I did one this evening, and it was like, like I was just a slobbering, disgusting mess of a human, barely stringing together sets of five chest of bars towards the end of it. Like, I was just like, what are you like? Do we even do CrossFit anymore? What are you, what are you doing with your life? But, um, yeah, I mean like it's, and then it's hard to be like, no, nah, okay, well you're going to knuckle down now. So it's like, well, you might knuckle down and then you're like, get to three weeks out and realize you're not going to be able to get over there. And mm. you have to just like stop again and build back up again. And yeah, it's, it's a bit of a weird year. I think like, I suppose at, at like at best it's up in the air and then mm. at worst it's in the toilet. Like it's like, you know, like well, you I'd, say, I'd almost flip that around and go that like, just if they canned it, but then it's like, okay, cool. Like sweet. I don't yeah, have to think about anything until yeah. probably like November, December and start building in towards the open. Like I can just mm. get strong and, and, and aerobic and, and put on more weight than I already have and not stress yeah. too much about it. Um, but I think even like, Castro, when Castro spoke to the talking elite guys, he was like, uh, they said, they kind of asked that they were like, why not just cancel it? Like, you know, why not? Well, like, first of all, they were like, why did you give yourself such a short date? Like in the first place. And then mm, when you're I did keep pushing, that. Remember that. you keep pushing it back, why have you put, like, why not just cancel it? And he was like, Oh, that's admitting defeat. And it's kind of like, yeah, but think of, think of all the people like say, like there's you, the other side of the world, who is kind of waiting in that limbo of like, is will I keep training or, you know, and then mm. even just down the road, you've got like Tim Paulson who's like, you know, he put up there that he's just starting his CrossFit ramp up today. And it's like, the shit is like all over the fan in America with COVID and stuff like, so who knows yeah. what's going to happen? Like, never mind That's other it. countries going over, like, you know? Well, I mean, like an all. I mean, like, like I don't know what the American media tells America, but all we get told <laughs> down in our our humble little island in the middle of nowhere is that everything's fucked there. Like, yeah. like it's like it, like, it couldn't does be not worse, look like. like it's getting better. Yeah, doesn't and, and like, is the government just going to go? You want to go over there and what? You want to go to America to work out? Quick, are you fucking idiot? Don't do that. But you want to go to America to sweat with other people and then yeah, go. what are you doing? I mean, like we and we've just had in melbourne so one of our states has just been like for the first time ever we just closed our border with them they're like they've gone into a worse uh like they're, they're worse now than they were first wave of the pandemic jesus like everywhere else is pretty good like like i'm like i'm in new south wales i'm in sydney and everything's pretty good here like we haven't really got a second wave of any sorts mm. yet but yeah melbourne's kicked right back off it started when um we had all the Black Lives Matter per, uh, like marches oh, and yeah, stuff yeah. here, and a few people down there tested positive. Um, and then I, I believe they had people that broke quarantine that got back from overseas, and then yeah. 
it's it's just kicked back off. I mean, they've got military down. I mean, by kicked back off, I think they had 190 cases yesterday, which is bad. But, yeah. you know, I, I've been hearing that America's having like 50,000 a day in certain states. So it's 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 incomparable. But, yeah, like if we, if we get another wave, the government's probably just going to be like, like yeah, absolutely not. Like you stay home, you idiot. You're not going and doing your fitness over there. What do you um, do, CrossFit? That's not a sport. Is that bodybuilding? What is it? <laughs> Has it been made easier, do you think? Like, because I know you spoke before about how missing out in 2017 kind of helped you deal with like your anxiety about competing and stuff. It was kind of like, oh, like I'm not dead. It just didn't happen. That's fine. Mm, has like, yeah. has that experience helped you deal with, say, this year, like the ambiguity about it and stuff? I think more than anything this year, it's like, um, like, and, and this is where, like, I feel bad being so nonchalant about whether it happens or not happens because I, I think if it goes ahead and we're able to get across, it'll be one of the coolest CrossFit games that ever happened. Mm. And I've said that to a couple of the guys I was talking about. I think it would be so awesome because there's a smaller field where Castro's private residence, he can make us do anything he wants. There's no schedule clashing. He doesn't mm. have to organize things around anything except for what he wants to make those 60 guys and girls do mm. over the course of the weekend. I feel like it would be, it'll be phenomenal if it goes ahead, like really, really cool to be a part of. Mm. Um, but I've also been six times. So, I mean, so this has been my sixth, sixth time. So it's not new, the novelty of like, Oh my God, I just want to go to the CrossFit game. Yeah, and so like, yeah. for example, I train with Harriet Roberts uh, yeah. a lot, like her and I both live in Sydney and she qualified for this is her first game. And she's just like, man, like train for whatever it is. And she's been, she's been involved in the sport for longer than I have, like seven, mm. eight, nine years, makes her first individual games. And then uh, it's not happening now. Or it's going to be a massive fuck around for it to happen now. So like, I, like I really feel for those guys, those rookies or they're like the people that maybe made it for the first time last year and got yeah. cut early in the competition or something like that. And they just want to go out there and, and rip into competition. And, like I like I I feel that, and you know I, I empathize with them greatly because I've had things that I've really wanted that I haven't got in the past, and I know that how like that you work hard for and you don't get like and that, that is frustrating. Yeah. But for me, more than anything, I just fall back on I've done it a bunch of times, and <laughs> I would I would like to think that I'll probably be able I'll, you know I'll be able to qualify again and get another opportunity, and um, that's kind of what I'm using to. To, to ground myself when I start to get maybe annoyed that this is this year isn't happening. And I think like when you look at anxiety, like, like one of the worst things dealing with when you have anxiety is uncertainty. Like give me bad news and I'll process the bad news, but the unknown, yeah, like yeah. that's, that's, that's where I just like, like I hate existing in that space. Mm. Um, you know, it, it can be I mean, in some respects it's exciting, but, yeah, like not when I'm like, okay, like this is, I just want to know. Like, <laughs> like I think I've been telling him, I was like, man, I think I'm just going to like quit CrossFit and go and get just a normal job because I'm so sick of like half training, half just like waiting to hear something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go from there. Not quit CrossFit, but just like, go and get like a job and do the athlete thing for fun. Just, yeah. Yeah. So then, then there is a lot less riding on it, but we'll see, see how this, the remainder of this year pans out. Yeah. What was it like? Say you mentioned there about training for the games last year was uh, you were able to kind of let the reins off a little bit, I suppose, and focus on yourself because it was on a team. Was it? Was there a big? Did you find a big difference competing on a team versus solo? Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say that I could focus more on myself, but what 
the team really did and how our team really worked was like, it, it really forced me to just like, I had to do what I sucked at. Like I had to really yeah, yeah. hammer things that I wasn't that good at to try and bring myself up to the level. And I think our team, we had a fantastic four athletes together in a team, but where I think our team kind of um, let ourselves down was, and I was thinking about this afterwards, I think the best way to stack a team is to get four athletes with very similar strengths and weaknesses. Cause then if you've got something that you're all really good at, you can push on those events. Yeah. And our team was not that at all. We yeah. had like four so different, like such different athletes. Like I just love grunt work and capacity. Swan's a brilliant lifter. Harriet's great at gymnastics. Mm. Jess is a bit the same as me. She's just kind of like a little bit of a go. Like, I mean, Harriet's brilliant overhead. Jess is a brilliant squ- and but not a great squatter. Jess is a brilliant squatter, not great overhead. Like, we yeah. just really, like, there would just be a work, every workout would be like, all right, sweet. Uh, <laughs> One person uh, would be really so excited and be- everyone else would be raging. <laughs> Yeah, or like three of us would be like, all right, sweet. And then one of us would just be like, ah, no, nah, it's going to have to go real slow for me. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and so like that was tough, um, but it, it did. It really put the lens on. And it's just like I looked at it as I was really excited to go teams and I had the best fun. It was such mm. a fun year with that crew. But um, I think I knew quite early on that I wanted to go back and like have another crack at the individual just because – I felt like I felt like my 2018 season was was exactly the season I needed to come back from not making the games, like mm-hmm. to re-qualify quite comfortably, to then have my best finish at the games and feel like I I felt like for the first time I got through, I managed the weekend of the games and I think that in of itself is a huge part of competing mm-hmm. at the games, right? Like the you know, saying, I said this in the interview before, the hardest event at the games is the games. It's not a singular event. It's knowing how to manage yourself across mm. the entire weekend. And I felt like I kind of like I kind of got that right. And if anything, I felt like there were certain events that I had more that I could have give, given versus other times I'd gone to the games and sort of walked away and be like, fuck, I pretty much just went out too hot, died and fucked up every event. Well, not every event, but like a lot of them other, other than swimming because it would be very hard for me to fuck that up. But um. <laughs> In fact, that was probably the only event that I did fuck up uh, that I shouldn't have at the 2018 ones. But so like, I, like I thought I had a good season. And off the back of that, I was really excited to build towards the 2019 season and improving on that. Um, and then they changed the format and there was all that sort of uncertainty around that. Um, and I just, I thought, you know what, this would be a good opportunity for me to just scope out the new season, but still roll with that momentum from 2018 get an understanding of how the new look format goes. And then with the understanding that then for 2020, I'm coming back with two years of the same momentum I use rolling into 2018 behind yeah. me to have a really, really good 2020 individual season. So I think like that was always, yeah, that was always a plan for me was to go back to individual. Mm-hmm. And that's so I kind of looked at last year as like a, like this is part of a two year process to build up to your 2020 season. But um, and so insofar as, how it all went down. I mean, it's so much fun. I had such a blast with that crew. It was, it was, it was, I mean, we had a shitty finish at the games, but like we had such a good time leading up to it. Yeah. Um, just doubling back to your qualification for this year. So Adam Davison had some pretty orated memories about your trip to China. Oh so yeah. Like massage yeah. parlors, hot tubs, dicks out standard weekend away, or is that an unusual one? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't even go so far as weekend. That could be like a big Thursday for me. <laughs> no, 
No, that was uh, honestly, fuck me, that was good fun. I mean, yeah. it like the whole. I'm sure Adam told the story. I don't really need to tell the whole thing again, but just every part of it, from just like you just i mean you want to go and you want to like you want to you want to work on your self-confidence and your vulnerability go to a fucking chinese bathhouse because when you walk out there and you are not chinese they are all just gonna they'll stare they'll point they'll point at you dick they'll point at you they'll like like it's it's just like you've got to just be like no shame and they give you this tiny little towel that it would be even weirder if you tried to cover yourself with. So, <laughs> oh man, like you just like got to roll out there and get it done. And I think like, yeah, fuck, like it, it was, it was pretty funny. I'm like, you grow up playing sport and stuff. So you're always around like, like other dudes in the nude, but never to the point where people are just sitting in a hot tub looking at you pointing and you're like, uh, Hey guys, how I'm join you in here for a moment. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's room a for a little Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> guys, got room for a few more. Let's do it. Uh, yeah, no, it was great. Oh, mate, it was good fun. Yeah, it's good. Um, and I mean, like, what what more do you want? Like, like I sort of my goal was to pick sanctioned events that would be like in different places and sort of culturally a bit of an eye opener. And I mean, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> got cocks out with the lads before the first day of competition. <laughs> There's my soundbite. There's my soundbite for uh, promoting the episode. <laughs> Mate, did he tell you the paddle story? Oh, that there was a guy being whipped or whatever. Yeah, like laying on there in sort of happy baby pose, just having his testicles hit by a paddle, and they kind of like motion to the bed for if we wanted to go on there. I was like, oh look, you know, I'm, I'm I've done some weird things in my time, but I'm not sure about getting paddled by another man next to another man getting paddled by another man in a. Chinese bathhouse the day yeah. before competitions is necessarily the best thing for me to do right now. Yeah, probably lying if I started to consider it. Well, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I would have gone even better. Maybe I just would have bounced out of the hole in that squat clean and uh, not kind of lost my lost my shit on that heavy bar. But you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and yeah. perhaps I can try it in the comfort of my own home before <laughs> my next competition. Um, another thing I wanted to ask you is: there any chance that you can change the angle that you take videos from at your gym? Because the fucking amount of times I've tried to tap the play symbol, I like, and I still do it. It's either perfect position or else a display it's of my. It's purple and it's on an angle. It's like my consistent stupidity that every time I see a video from yeah, you, well, you I'm know like what? That's the on you. <laughs> <laughs> no, <it>, like, <laughs> yeah, no, I feel ya. <laughs> and people comment it all the time, and it's so great. One of my great joys on social media is like when people clearly haven't read other people's comments mm. hey did anyone click the play button i'm like look three comments above there's six other people that have commented that like <laughs> yeah but um yeah no it's uh like I, I like i feel you and sometimes i'm even like, oh, just, like i did a cool thing stop talking about the play button come on guys <laughs> maybe Give it's maybe it's your, uh, maybe it's showing that your build-up takes too long maybe if you're standing still for too long people are like why is he not moving move and like <laughs> yeah do you know what i'm a little gratuitous with my dramatic build-up to big lifts and, and i'm aware of it it's something that i'm not even going to pretend like i'm going to try to work on it i love it it's it's i like the drama and i like to create this little like oh you know if the music's coming on i'll try to walk into the t- to the music yeah, and yeah yeah 
So it's, it's, it's in my own head, it sounds way cooler than now actually saying it out loud. I'm a little bit embarrassed. So this is yeah, one of those yeah. things that I'm now going to be like, fuck, people are going to listen to this. And no, think this I'd say people will listen to that and be like, idiot. People listen to that and be like, yeah, I do that. I want to, I want to stand the <laughs> up at the minute the bass drops or whatever. Like everyone does that. If anyone doesn't do yeah. that, they're lying. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, cool. Okay. Look, we'll finish with a quick fire. Yes, um, sir. Let's do it. So gymnastics bar or rings? Ooh, rings uh, run or row I would normally say row but I've been doing a lot of running and enjoying it at the moment so still row <laughs> <laughs> um, a long black or a flat white flat white double shot uh, snatch or a clean snatch strength or engine engine chipper or sprint <sighs> oh, do you know what I have to say sprint because I'm so damn good at them, but um, it's to my own home, man. But I love chippers. Like I love long grinding workouts. I'm not mm. even that great at them. I just enjoy, enjoy them. And sprint workouts are a head fuck. Like they terrify me, even though they're probably my best, my best workouts are typically sprints. But um, like the margin for error is oh, so yeah. small. Like if you make a mistake in a chipper, you probably out got like, 12 minutes yeah you get a no rep you can kind of make up for it you you know have to drop the bar a few times it's like if you you know like those sprint workouts yeah like like i like i enjoy like they're cool and everyone loves them and they're always going to exist in the sport but they Mm. scare the shit out of me yeah like if you lose your grip there you could go from being in first to finishing last like if you if something oh yeah i need that kind of stress in my life (laughs) (laughs) um okay who would you pick to join you on a team if you're going to Cookville this summer? Oh, I'd have to just go with my crew. Can't ditch those guys. Same you crew. Just, you just said you're a shit team. No, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, but like, I'd, ra- I'd rather, do you know what? I'd rather go with them and come dead last. But yeah. I mean, like, like, it'd be fun to stack just like a mad Aussie team. Um, but, you know, yeah, it'd be pretty cool. Uh, do you know what? If I could like do like an Aussie team, it'd be pretty cool to go like me, like, I mean, Swanee's just weightlifting now. Ah, I'd go with the old team. I'm not even going to say yeah. anyone else because I'll get crucified by all of them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. And then the last one is win the games or have a conversation with your dog where you both understand one sentence from each other just one time. Oh, I'd do that anyway, so win the games. <laughs> <laughs> I always think, though. Well, at like, least I think I do. I always think, like, sometimes I look at my dog and I'm like, oh, if I could just tell you one sentence. And you just fully understood that. Like, you know, like, oh, I'm going to leave. the rest of your life, you wouldn't. Yeah, like, oh, anytime I leave the house, I promise I'll come back. Or like, you know, if you, you know, mm. if you need to go to the toilet, just like bark at me once. And then I yeah. let you out rather than shitting in the kitchen. You know, like one, yeah. just one sentence, it'd just be life-changing, I think. But then I suppose you'd be greedy and you'd be like, okay, fuck it, I want to be Dr. Doolittle. Yeah, I mean, like, I'd love to be able to, like, always say that. Um, my partner and I, we're always like, man, like, he's like, my dog's just like, he's, oh, I suppose everyone thinks he's, he's like such a little dude. Like, he's such a little person and he, like, does things. I'm like, that's not a dog thing. That's a people thing. Stop doing people things. And um, so, yeah, we'd be mad to do that. But, I, like, I mean, I'd win the games. I'd, like, I'd, like, I love my dog, but it's like the prize on probably spend, You could spend the winnings on, like, some kind of dog psychologist or something to help you. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe we can learn dog sign language or something along those lines. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, okay, can listen. Thanks a million for coming on. Really appreciate you. Mate. Generously of your time there. That was great. 
No worries, buddy. My absolute pleasure. It was really great to chat to you. Cool. Thanks, man. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Yeah. Yes, sir. I will.